Welcome, I am Aaron. And I'm Gabe. This is the We Talk About That podcast. Where we talk about anything and everything. And we're live. We're not doing intros. We're my mind's going to do the intro. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I add the I was, intro. Remember? We oh, that's right. Well, Damn it, Gabe. Now i got to cut out the first 15 seconds of this. <laughs> <laughs> we just had the oh. intro. You just heard it. Yeah, I didn't you just hear heard it. the intro. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we just kind of rambled here talking before the show about drones. Um, I've got some, a little baby ape Darwin something or other coming from China on a slow boat. It says it should be here in August, I think. So. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the, that's a quadcopter, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I already have the goggles and the remotes and. Oh, for FPV. Yep, FPV just sitting in my closet, but I don't have a drone to fly, so kind of bummed out about that. FPV in the uh, first person. Yeah, the RC community for people who aren't tracking that is, yeah, first person view. So you you literally put a receiver on the the quadcopter, or you can even do it in fixed wings, so like airplane uh, RCs, and you, you put a little camera on the front of it, and you have these goggles and it, you know, it transmits and receives commands as well as the footage. So you, it's, it's like you're literally in the thing. Mm-hmm. You're flying. Yeah. And these things can go, you know, 50, 60, 100 plus miles an hour. I mean, it really depends on how you mod it. There's some that uh, I watched a video recently where they got like 300 miles per hour, something like that, out of these little yeah. tiny drones. So... And, you, you know, you've got your goggles on and you're flying at that speed. They're diving in, in and out of trees, doing loop-de-loops and backflips. And, I mean, it's it seems pretty cool. Um, so I'm so what's the difference it. between what you ordered and what you already have? Uh, I've got, yeah, DJI. So it's basically got a bunch of software in it that makes it, it, it flies itself. So like you just... Use. Yes, easy use. And you don't have the goggles, so you're just looking at a screen. Um, and it's obviously when you're outside and it's bright, it's really hard to see. I've tried to fly it close to, you know, trying to do the FPV experience around buildings. And it's just way too nerve-wracking because hmm. you can't tell how close you are to objects. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the DJI just basically flies itself. You just, with your controllers, you can just say, you know, up, down, left, right pitch yeah but it it stabilizes itself mm-hmm. um and takes off is there, a, is there a loop-de-loop button can you tell it to just no. do a oh no you can with some of the more you can do it yourself but there's no button right yeah well you can't it won't let you do that so oh okay yeah um so it's kind of dumbing the experience down which makes it more useful i will admit for inspections and stuff like that yeah, because uh, you could just hover it on a roof and just take pictures. But I, I'm really interested in getting out there and flying through trees and obstacles at at speed. So I, I'm sh- sure we've talked about this already. We're boring people to death, but yeah, I know. Yeah, I was just looking. I just I just Google searched fastest drones, and like we were saying, it's really hard to get away from the DJI. They've just mm-hmm. saturated the market, or somehow like they're. Their search engine optimization phrases are just, they, it must be a paragraph long because you, you 
you can't search for drones and not see DJI pop up, but exactly uh, it says omnidirectional obstacle sensing on some of the models. So you, we've said in other episodes where you can literally just fly it through, you know, a column of trees or whatever, and if like there's a tree in the way, it'll kind of kind of move around it. Mm-hmm. But and- uh, the the drones that are like really fast and not that don't have the software on it like you're flying it on your own mm-hmm. exactly if you, if you don't turn the joystick and get out of the way of that tree or avoid that tree you're you're running into that tree yep you can just run it straight into the ground you can do whatever it's got no obstacle avoidance and that's that's what's exciting about it too it just allows you more free um i don't know free flying experience you can just kind of do whatever you want but what really uh, is intriguing to me too is just getting like my feet in the door of building um drones and then eventually at some point being able to customize them and maybe create something like a dji drone with gps and stuff like that but just having that skill set of knowing how to do it i think my gut is just there's really no better way than to do it yourself um, as far as learning goes. So I've mm-hmm. watched hours of YouTube videos about it and it's just like, well, I still don't know what the heck, what the heck I'm doing. I don't even know what size battery packs to get or anything like that. So it's an experiment. Um, yeah. It's almost seems like it's best to just, uh, you know, a lot of people who do these things for fun, they put together these suggested packages. So like a certain, model or you know they'll they'll 3d print it they'll they'll sell like the metal frame for like a quadcopter and they say like you should use you know these four motors put this this uh computer chip on it or whatever it's almost better to start out with that just so you don't make your drone too weak make it too powerful make the batteries last uh you know run out too quick Mm mm-hmm Maybe. And then, and then from there, you know, move on. I've always well, wanted to make a, a, fi- a fixed wing drone, like, you know, like a, a, a RC plane. And essentially the same kind of thing. I'd probably do like an FPV thing so I can actually see. And then maybe even put like a 360 camera off the out the bottom, almost like a payload. Mm-hmm. That way, if I'm like out at like the cabin or something, I, while we're on the boat, I can fly it around and take aerial pictures and video. And that'd be pretty cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah. And you can yeah. you can put like pontoons on them and stuff so you can you can do water landings and water takeoffs and stuff. Mhm. Yeah, and I like I was saying I think that um once you have the the headset, the goggles and the remote, you can kind of just go back and forth between these two. You could mm-hmm. do a quadcopter, you could do uh like you're saying planes or you could do RC cars, um pretty much anything. So all you have to do is just get the little receiver and stick that receiver on whatever piece of equipment you're going to be flying. Um, the receiver that talks with your uh, your uh, remote. So that's that's kind of where I figured I'd start. Just like getting the getting the goggles and getting the the remote because yeah, then you can just you can those are going to be the expensive items that you're going to reuse over and over again. The actual uh, vehicle is kind of disposable, really. 
and if you break oh yeah for sure especially with like 3d 3d printing these days you can yeah you can either buy the parts depends on like do you want to buy like a super engineered like aluminum you know billet of material that's been milled down to create the parts like i mean if it's if it's made out of aluminum anyway like if you crash it the chances that it's going to be super destroyed or kind of minimal but you know if you're making if you're kind of fucking around and doing this stuff on your own like you can get a 3d printer and use the software and make your own designs and stuff like that and there's a lot of a lot of resources out there where you can you can download the the files to plug into your 3d printer and you know 3d print sections of quadcopters or or fixed wing drones yourself which is super nice because like if you not not that i have one i've actually always wanted to do this i just haven't bit the bullet and gotten a 3d printer and dove into this but uh yeah you you crash it oh no i broke my wing well just print another one it takes a couple hours mm-hmm. that was what i was gonna ask is i i've never really looked at 3d printers at all i mean i've heard about them and i kind of i understand a little bit how they work but the materials like what what kind of materials are you using in the printer to make these parts and are they expensive like how much money are you really saving too i mean obviously at, at scale you're probably saving especially if you want to do custom stuff um there's that and then like the cost of the machines like how much are these things i'm sure it runs the gamut but um 3d printers are actually becoming pretty affordable these days like when they first came out it was like oh my god you can just 3d print something that you design that's crazy and like the prices were kind of high because they were super over engineered and there wasn't a lot of companies doing them but now there's so many different companies that are creating 3d printers and the competition between them is they're they're making them they're streamlining their process on making these 3d printers and making them cheaper so honestly like I was looking at one, I think it was called the, what is it, the Creality 3D printers. I think I was looking at like a, I'm pulling it up right now. Creality? Creality, yeah. Creality, okay. Um, I, I'm particularly looking at the Creality Ender series, I think. No. Nope, that's not it. I'm seeing some. So we're talking three, four hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. So the price is thousand. You can get a decent one for three, four hundred bucks. There is some tuning that you have to do with it. That oftentimes they include in like the the manual of three D printer. So when you get it, you got to put like the the main. Uh, base plate on it which is like the the printing surface the and this is for this is for a filament extruded i think they called fdm which is a a fused deposition model so that's where it has this extruder and it creates layer by layer but as it you know as it spits out this filament it obviously heats it up almost like a hot glue gun so that's where it's like fused so as it Mm -hmm. lays layer by layer down it fuses into the layer below it and you know deposition you're you're depositing filament uh but there's also a couple there's there's a there's a whole host of different brands or not brands but um types and how they operate the two major ones the two major differences is 
you either get the FDM or the fused deposition model, like I'm talking about, where it literally prints layer by layer, or there's one where it's like a resin, where it instead of the base plate or like the printing surface being on the bottom and it and it just extrudes all the filament onto that layer by layer, it's actually up on top on this like this arm. And it lowers the plate down into a bath of resin, a liquid resin. But once the plate goes down into the resin, it literally, it has like this UV light from underneath hit the resin, which is in contact with the plate. And it solidifies layer by layer doing it that way. Uh, it takes a lot longer. And with the resin printers, after you're done, you have to clean them off with some kind of chemical I don't exactly know what it is. I don't want to say it's isopropyl alcohol. I'm not sure if that would damage it or not, but you clean it, you rinse it. And then after that, you have to put it inside of a UV chamber to actually solidify the resin and make it it's it's most, uh, you know, structurally sound. Mm -hmm. Like it cures it. Gotcha. Um, those resin printers have a lot higher of a resolution, though. Like it's 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 amazing. But the the extruded printers are still, if you tune them right and you get your speeds to extrusion rates right, like you can get pretty close. But in general, the resin prints are solid all the way through. Mm. I think you can I think you can change that if you wanted, but I don't I don't know how easy that would be. Uh, the the extruded printers, you, you can do them solid, but you're, you know, using more material versus if you have like, if you were to just like print a cube, it doesn't have to be solid. You can create like a lattice work on the inside, which is, makes it lighter, uses less materials. And, um, you know, depending on how you create that structure on the inside, it's still actually pretty, pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that was kind of my my thought process too. If you're making parts for planes and drones and stuff, it's how strong this material is. I mean, yep. it's plastic, right? I mean, um, it's gener it's generally plastic. There's they have a different a lot of different materials. Let me look that up. ABS, I'm seeing. There, yeah. There's ABS. There's PLA. You can actually also do. You can print with like a metallic, like a metal. Mm. infused filament to make it stronger or make it uh, kind of glisten or sparkle I think you can do you can print in uh, porcelain as well really yeah but some of those types of filaments after you're done with them you have to put them into like a uh, like a kiln to burn off the the plastic or the filament part of it and just leave the porcelain and that all it's all dictated by what your purpose is like there's a youtube channel that i watch where this guy makes uh he's primarily focusing on like rockets and he he 3d prints prints uh rocket cones you know to create the jet out of the back of the rocket and he uses he has used in the past these porcelain filaments and stuff and he puts it into a kiln to get rid of it but when you do that you you make it porous so mm. some of the gases that he was using were leaking out and not necessarily being directed by the jet right 
It's just the, the body of it. Yeah, oh. but there's a... There's a lot of stuff you can do here, isn't there? I know. There's PLA, there's ABS, there's PETG, which is another type of plastic. And all these have different properties in terms of like strength or flexibility, rigidity, stuff like that. You can also use uh, carbon fiber filaments, nylon. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's even some filaments where they put like a little bit of wood in it. Yeah, I just saw if that. You wanted to, yeah, if you wanted to print something that, you know, looks a little bit more like it's a natural material. But the nice thing about this is, like, if you wanted to 3D print some, like, drone parts, like, I've always wanted to just 3D print, you know, sections of the plane, and then you just attach it with, like, you know, CA glue. Mm -hmm. Super glue, essentially. But I think CA glue is, like, a specific model glue. You can just, you know print sections of the wing, print sections of the fuselage, print, you know, the compartment for the battery, whatever. And you just glue all this shit together and it's fine. You know, it's, it's lightweight. So you can create a fast drone or create a light drone that, uh, just kind of glides or, you know, the, mm -hmm. the weight to lift ratio that you might have in your design, you know, the lighter it is, you might just be able to float around but you know if it's super light it might be really susceptible to uh wind speeds so you might be fighting it in that aspect but right hmm seems like quite the rabbit hole you could dive down on this isn't it you really can but then yeah i mean the nice thing is you know you you crash it or something goes wrong like i said you just sprint up another one because unless you completely submerge it or it has like a catastrophic like like if something starts on fire which is probably going to happen if you wire something wrong like these electronics are pretty reliable but if you don't know what you're doing and you wire something wrong then maybe it might start on fire but barring that like the only damage you're going to have is to the the superstructure itself all the electronics and the battery and for the most part the motors you mean you might damage a prop but you can right. I would I would buy the prop. I don't know if I would try to print one unless I had a resin printer. But even then, it's like you have to. I don't know. I don't know the correct pitch ratio to the props and stuff like that to get the to get the most like you know thrust. Right. So that's definitely some pretty specialized engineering there. Yeah. I, but, I mean, you can you can download the files to do it. So if somebody's already designed it. Which I'm sure there's, yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of designs out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, you you know, break something, reprint it. Or once you get comfortable with printing and and once you get the feel for uh, fixed wing or, or quadcopter drone design, you know, start fucking around and make, make your own design, you know, just who, who cares if it flies well, like. If you right. wanted to make something that was super long but has small wings and then you go, oh, well, that takes a lot of speed to actually fly because the smaller wings don't have as much lift, you know, you're learning something, whether it's a successful design or not. Right. Well, and then you asked like, so the, the 3D printers, you know, you, you can get a decent model for three, four hundred, five, six hundred bucks. I mean, that sounds like that sounds like a lot, but it's actually on the cheaper end when you think or when you look into it, there's there's 3D printers that are 
thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, I'm sure. But those those are usually industrial, but yeah, I was, I was going to say it depends on the size. Yeah, because right, exactly. That's that's yeah, because that's going to be another issue too. Is you can really think about the size of the printer and what kind of parts you're actually going to be able to make. Yeah. Well, and then like if you can't if you can't print your your drone out or whatever you're making all in one go because your your printing surface isn't big enough or the printer can't print high enough because you know it's basically on like a it's on like a gimbal not a gimbal mm-hmm. it's on, yeah i don't know yeah. um you can design it in such a way where you print portions of it and then they like snap together or they have you know, recesses so that they, they kind of fit together. And then you just use that CA glue to attach them or, you know, whatever you can get pretty creative, but the, the filament itself, if you're getting uh, PLA, what the hell does that even stand for? Oh, I just had it. I, yeah, I did too. PLA. <sighs> hmm. Polylactic acid filament. Interesting. I did not anticipate that. Yeah. Uh, it's recyclable, natural thermoplastic poly- uh, polyester that is derived from renewable resources such as cornstarch or sugarcane. Um, huh. They they have a lightweight PLA now too, so you can make super light stuff. But you know whether you're using PLA or ABS or any of the others that we mentioned earlier, and those are literally just just a few of the different polymers or filaments that are out there. There's tons that companies are coming out with all the time for different uses. Um, they generally come in like, it's, it's almost like buying a giant spool of like uh weed whip uh, rope. That's right. Kind of what it looks that. like it's on a spool and then you put that spool on your printer and as it's printing, it has this motor that pulls the filament through it. Um, you buy it by the weight, but like, I'm looking at this one right now. It's by the website mono price. You can get one kilogram spool specific. I just pulled this up. No reason why I picked this one, but it's 13 bucks. Okay. For a kilogram. Wow. Right. And that's quite a bit. Yeah. It's the filament itself is pretty cheap. Um, there are some filaments that are susceptible to, uh, moisture in the air so if, if you don't use them up quick enough the 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 printing consistency gets kind of dog shit like it'll get all bubbly and mm-hmm. stuff because as it absorbs that moisture and then it goes through the heated extruded cone you know that water kind of evaporates and creates steam and gotcha. creates bubbles and inconsistencies and stuff but there are also some filaments where that doesn't really matter and there's also some 3D printers where they actually have this box or like this cartridge that you put the, the spool into in order. It's almost like a humidor, you know, it mm-hmm. reduces the humidity so you can elongate or uh, not elongate, but extend the life of your, your filament if you're not using it regularly. Right. It's crazy. But, you know, I don't really know much about 3D printers. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound like it. <laughs> okay, I lied. <laughs> Trying to be humble. There's a humble. lot that goes humble. into this. <laughs> humble, yeah. Man, that's a rabbit hole you could dive down. And I know. I mean, I know. when 
why did these even become commercially available? It's like not that long ago. They're already up to this level of sophistication. It's crazy. Yeah, I remember uh, 3D printers are really starting to get some some attention maybe around like 2014, like when I was in college. Um, it's madness. I feel like yeah. I just need to get one now. Yeah, I know. Start like playing one of the classes I was in, yeah. One of the technology classes I was in was like, let's do uh, one of our assignments was researched on 3D printers and applications and stuff. And there was this kid who uh, talked about how 3D printers, he's like, well, I mean, if we can use plastic, like, it's only a matter of time before we can start printing flesh. And mm -hmm. the teacher called him out on it. And he's like, I mean, flesh is just lipids and proteins. You just arrange them in such a way you can do this. And the <laughs> teacher's like, dude, I don't think you did your research right. But as I said last, yeah, as I said last week, uh, this this girl that had a uh, birth effect where she had like no ears, scientists literally printed her ears. That's crazy. Yeah, like actual flesh that then integrated into her already existing flesh. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think they took a sample from from her so that they knew that her DNA and you know the the existing flesh or skin would would accept the implant or the, you know, the 3D printed ears. But um, furthermore, I even read that pe people or companies are starting to be able to print flesh like it's essentially flesh, but it's onto robots. So to make them more realistic. Right. How the heck? So, I mean, it's just going to, is it, how does that work? So that with the ears, example i'm just trying to i'm reading through the story briefly now that you mentioned it but mm -hmm. is it just a it's a graft that they put in that then the body grows over or incorporates or is it just a uh prosthetic or you got me man yeah i mean you're you're looking at it you tell I'm, me i'm I, trying, trying I, i'm i'm not gonna lie i saw the headline and i read like the first like two paragraphs which just said that scientists have successfully done this i didn't i didn't <laughs> read how they did it you know who the fuck cares it's cool it is really cool so they manufacture the patient's 3d bioprinted live tissue implant so how is it live if it's <laughs> What is life? <laughs> you know, you start asking some existential questions when you're. Oh, dude, my life is existential. Oh, do the fruitful ear to embed. Yeah, they don't really describe in here. I mean, they they show the 3D printed ear, and they show it grafted onto her head, and it's not that great, but. I wonder if they just wrap the skin around it and that's just the shape. It's basically like cartilage. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. So I don't she, know if it's purely cosmetic or functional. Yeah. I think it's mainly cosmetic, but you know, you wonder though that uh, whatever they, they say it's live tissue, but um, I wonder if the body just incorporates that shape into itself. That article was not very helpful. I'd have to find another one. 
but I'm looking at a New York Times version of it right now. Because I I know they they do that. I mean, with like noses and yeah, I, I don't know. If, obviously, they haven't done ears before, but you can like grow appendages like on your arm, um, like under the skin, and then they'll mm-hmm. cut it out and attach it. But this twenty-year-old like... woman who was born with a small and misshapen right ear has received a three D printed ear implant made from her own cells. The manufacturer announced on Thursday. Independent experts said that the transplant, part of the first clinical trial of a successful medical application of this technology, was a stunning advance. You know, in engineering tissue engineering, the new ear was printed in a shape that was precisely the match of the woman's left ear. Oh, so she's. Gonna, uh, what what was that like? They. Back in the day, what was it like the Romans or something like that? They would make their their statues and like their marble marble statues and busts. They they said that the most attractiveness in a person was based on the symmetry of the face. Mm-hmm. So if they can perfectly match the other ear, it's kind, right. of, kind of like that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Independent experts said the transplant part of the first clinical trial. Yeah, I already read that. Uh, the new ear was printed in the shape precisely matched, according to uh, the company, which was 3D Biotherapeutics. Uh, regenerative medicine company based in Queens. The new ear transplanted in March will continue to regenerate cartilage tissue, given giving it the look and feel of a natural ear. It's definitely a big deal, says Adam Feinberg, a professor of biomedical engineering and material sciences and engineering. That's a it's a big title mm-hmm. from uh, Carnegie Mellon University. He's not affiliated with 3D Bio, the company. The results of the woman's reconstructive surgery were announced by 3D Bio in a news release citing proprietary concerns. The company has not publicly disclosed the technical details of the process, making it more difficult for outside experts to evaluate. But that's what I want to know. Um, I've the got company a... said that federal regulators had reviewed the trial design and set strict manufacturing standards and that the data would be published in a medical journal when the study was complete. So we should see more on this, but honestly, I don't anticipate it for like another year because that shit takes forever. Right. Yeah. Um, this story that I have here says they can use cartilage from a patient's ribs or they just use a synthetic material like PPE and they reconstruct the shape like what three, is PPE? three, um, uh, polis, uh, porous polyethylene. Oh. So it's just plastic basically. And then they mix but it's porous. So I bet like the, the actual flesh would then mm-hmm. weave its way through the, the porous material to incorporate it. Exactly. Yep. That's what it says. It's surrounded um, by a bio. I didn't even read that. I just guessed. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's absorbed into the body and it just is replaced with natural. It's almost like a sponge. So it's just ready to. Yeah. Ready to take on material. It's kind of disingenuous for them to say they printed living flesh. Technology reported in September. Oh. And scientists from the Israel Institute of Technology reported in September that they had printed a network of blood vessels, which would be necessary to supply oh. blood to implanted tissue. So it's, I mean, that's, if that's not the definition of living. Then it's pretty close. 
So they yeah. they actually yeah they so they printed basically the path for the blood to go. Wow. Okay. Companies have previously used 3D printing technology to produce custom-fit prosthetic limbs made of plastic and lightweight metals, but the ear implant made from a tiny glob of cells harvested from the woman's misshapen ear appears to be the first known example of 3D printed implant made of living tissue. The patient, who is from Mexico, was born with microtia, uh, which is M-I-C-R-O-T-I-A. It's a rare birth effect that causes the article or external part of the ear to be small and malformed. It also can affect hearing in the ear. With more research, company executives said the technology could be used to make many other replacement body parts, including spinal discs, noses, knee menisci, rotator cuffs, and reconstructive tissue for lumpectomies. Uh, Further down the road, they said 3D printing could even produce far more complex vital organs like livers, kidneys, and pancreas. That's crazy. Jesus, shit. This is, there's a movie about this. <laughs> Came in the early 2000s where people were getting essentially like biomechanical bio organs. Hmm. I think, uh, what did they call the movie? Uh, Repo Men. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where these people would get like a life-saving biomechanical organ that they absolutely needed, but it would put them in such debt that inevitably in like two more years these repo men would come and literally chase you down and cut this company property out of you because you couldn't pay for it wow pretty extreme we might be there yeah real soon yeah so if if this is something that you need it sounds like the way to go is to get into a research trial because they're not going to charge you for it (laughs) right exactly it might go wrong. It might go terribly wrong, but you might end up with a free, free limb or something out of it. Man, yeah, that just blows my mind. They they printed the blood vessels, and oh, I, I just I don't understand how that works. You know, I guess I don't understand how the human body functions well enough. Because it's like what? So then the blood flows through those vessels. Well, Gabe, so you gets... see, we eat stuff and then we poop. That's ah, how the body works. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So now, now you get it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty close. I'm almost there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's poop in the ear. <laughs> <laughs> or is there not? Because it's gone. Or is yeah, it halfway? Yeah. It's like the it's... South Park episode where they stick food in their ass and shit out their mouth. <laughs> oh, it's like a Rick and Morty episode or something. Yeah. Exactly. It more and more yeah, feels I don't know. like we're so that, living in Rick and Morty universe. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty cool. Like, I I I say, give it twenty years, and this is going to be common practice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Maybe just, thirty. They'll just make uh, entire bodies for you, and you'll just be able to swap back and forth. They'll just take oh, your brain now, out. Now you're now you're getting into the altered carbon type exactly. stuff. Exactly. A body yeah. is just a sleeve, and they just put a disc in the the base of the spinal cord, and then you yeah you just take over that body. Not like, not like maliciously, you know. No. Uh, well, yeah, because in the in the show Altered Carbon, it was like you you could like a body was nothing. You were essentially mm-hmm. you were essentially like a information signature, and then they would just use bodies to implant you. The thing with that though is it was like a caste system where if like you were super poor and your 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 family members couldn't pay to give you a good body, they would often just 
it was like a body that started out as like a homeless person and has like a drug issue or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So then they would they would put you into this body and then you would ultimately have like severe withdrawals because you yeah. the body has an addiction. They call it a sleeve. Which I mean that brings up the the idea of like where does your consciousness actually reside? Because at that point it's like basically if you're taking yourself and putting it into another body it's kind of just like a fact similar. It's like a, that's an old word, but um, it's just a, a facsimile of what you are. It's not actually you. So it's kind of like that idea of in Star Trek where you go to the teleporter. Right. It's disintegrating. Oh yeah. Energize. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's disintegrating you down to the atomic scale or even less than that, just turning you into energy and then reforming you. It's like, is that really you or did you just die? And then there's a perfect clone of yourself on the other side. It's like, where does that consciousness actually reside? And it's just, it feels intuitively like you just die. And it's just a copy. On the atomic level, could you not send those atoms through radio waves? Which, uh, yeah, I think that's what they're, what they're doing, but it's still, it's kind of like a copy. They're actually translocating. Well, I think they're turning. It's a cop. Who it's knows? Copy, I don't know but... how the technology works. It's it's. Me- <laughs> I'm just. It's it's fantasy. Uh, no, no. I, I, think, I know, but yeah. most of technology comes from mm-hmm. sci-fi. You know, some some yep. writer or some some producer, mostly the writer. But you know, they they create these science fiction TV shows or movies, and you're like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Wait, we could probably actually do that, like cell phones and shit. Yeah, well, we've that, done that because I think Star Trek Next Generation invented the tablet and the the laptop computer. Yeah, well, they didn't they didn't invent it, but they came up with the idea, and then people made it happen. Yeah, I could have my timeline off because I think Next Gen was like the late seventies, and then through the eighties, yeah, it was pretty close. I don't think there's a laptop until like Apple. No, but they eighties. Yeah, there was a portable phone mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. came in like a fucking briefcase mm-hmm. yeah that's true they like flipped it open and um yeah it's kind of it's yeah it's really nuts how that happens but but once again it's like so how far can you go with replacing limbs and parts of your body until you know it's not you and it seems like it seems it's pretty obvious that there's something going on in the brain that is, you know, where our consciousness resides. Now it's obvious, but we still, nobody really knows. I've not heard any good illustrations of how the brain actually works and like where your consciousness actually resides on it. I just Googled it. Uh-oh. Where does consciousness reside? Says, in the brain. The cerebral cortex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Neuroscientists believe that in human and mammals, uh, the cerebral cortex is the seat of consciousness where the mm-hmm. midbrain reticular formation and certain thalamic nuclei may provide getting gating and other necessary functions of the cortex. But mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's, you know, that's bio, that's biomechanical, right? That's, mm-hmm. they're just saying that's where, that's, that's where, where they think. They think it. Sen- sensory inputs translate 
and get distributed to different parts of the brain that then, you know, like, interpret the information. So, like, what you see, what you smell, what you what mm-hmm. you feel, uh, what are the what are the five senses? Sight, smell, taste, touch, touch sight, smell. taste, hear. Hear. Yeah. So, like, through those five senses, I believe that's where consciousness resides. If you can... If you can have a system that can take in those five senses, God, God forbid, even more, not God forbid, hopefully, you know, in the future, mm-hmm, maybe we'll mm-hmm. even create more senses. But I personally believe that through the gathering and the interpretation and usage to create decisions based off of those five senses, I think that's what consciousness is. So then your you just computer's need a, You just need a system to do it. And so is your phone. And so is the internet, uh, given that definition. Like, the internet would be the my most phone, conscious My phone can't thing. taste, man. My phone can't taste. It tastes like shit, but it can't taste <laughs> it itself. It could if you just don't, hooked don't, it. Don't lick your phone. You're going to get COVID. <laughs> if, you, if you just uh, hooked a little taste sensor up to it, then it would have mm-hmm. that. And that's all it's missing. See, I don't know. I just, there's there's so much more but, to but it's, it. It, there is, but I'm not saying because our, our fingers and our skin can feel, I'm not saying that our actual limbs and our skin are consciousness. Mm-hmm. I'm saying a a system, mechanical or biological, that can receive those stimuli, interpret them, and make decisions based off of it. I think that is what consciousness is. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about a soul here. We're talking about consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> the soul is the, I think that's where it gets, gets muddled. You know, what, what is a person? What is a soul? If you believe in a soul, like people say like, oh, your soul is going to go to hell or, or you, you, whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't believe in a soul in that context. I don't, I don't know what I believe. Well, yeah. The soul in the context of it being uh not it's something that's not real it's something that's in another dimension or it's a right it's a, a spirit something that we can't measure yeah exactly like, like that. you know the 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 intuitives of the world would say that a soul uh tr- transfers from the end of one life to the beginning of the next even though they might not have the memories mm-hmm. so but then, so just gets us back to that question of even if you were to do like a a neural link type interface and then download yourself in quotes onto a computer, would all of a sudden you know it's and you're you're still alive, your brain's still there. Is that you on the computer as well, or is that just a very good copy of you? That's kind of my question. Is it, you know, it just seems like. The original, you know, if you put all the memories, everything onto the computer, it would probably think it's you. It would act like you. It would have the same responses, like I said, the same memories, um, and probably even stay pretty similar to you going forward as far as decisions and choices and preferences. But it would just start to diverge over time. I think I, it's not the same person, you know. It's like it's what, not. That's well. Why when you what do you mean by person? Down. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I don't know. Like, what what is it that you, you know, you think you're you right now making conscious decisions. You're hearing right. me speak. 
you're, you know, formulating thoughts as to what you're going to say next, or, you know, I try not to think all sorts of things. (laughs) It's like, that's, that's you, right? I mean, that's kind of where you think you are is you're the, you're basically running your body. You're modulating all these different inputs and formulating an output. It's like, what is that? I think that I am there. I think therefore I am. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does that Uh, mean? Yeah. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not what does that mean, but if you if you can have your own independent thoughts, or you can you can look out your window and see the grass and be like, "Oh, the grass is drying out. I need to do this." Mm-hmm. Like you're you're thinking and you're formulating plans, and I think. But why? If you're doing that, <laughs> therefore you are. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess philosophically. But, yeah, but um, I don't know. I kind of want to back up because you said something that gave me a thought, but oh, yeah. I almost, I've almost fully articulated it, but now I lost it. You said if you were to take all your memories and what put it on a computer, yeah, yeah, like downloading. Is yourself that you? Is that where you are? Is that you? Yeah, exactly. Right. What is? Is that you? I think it is. If you, yeah, I think it is. If you can get over the vanity of having a body. If you can still, if you still have those sensory inputs, even if you don't, like you, you might feel like you're, you're caged in a way, you know, if you can't gather certain information, like if you're in a computer and you don't have any, you know, your mind and your memories and Mm -hmm. your thought processes uploaded to a computer. And let's say that it's, it's fully independent. Like there's no computer program that's telling you you smell this or, you know, it's, it's not telling you what you are receiving in terms of information. If you're just, if you're in the computer and you, you are existing, but you Mm -hmm. don't have, you don't have certain physical sensory inputs, you might feel a little caged. Yeah. But I, if you get over the vanity of having a body and having those sensory inputs, I still think that's you. Okay. So, and I, I agree with your... And I'm not talking about cloning. I mean, like, if your body dies and they take your brain and they put you in a computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's um, where I was going to go. That's where I was going to go. Is So I like your, your thought um, of being in a computer without any sensory input and that being terrible. I could... Yeah, that seems like like the definition of hell, but... <laughs> But yeah, maybe that's purgatory, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. but if, now and now instead of instead of having the human interpretation of time, you know, it's a construct that we made up. Yep. Now you're in a computer. What is your time now? Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably going to be a millisecond. Yep, exactly. So you could be there for millions of years and it'd be only a couple minutes. Uh, right. But but what I was going with that is so you're in a computer, but that like computer, Ultron. Yeah, that computer is now in another human fully human body that's been 3d printed and it's your exact replica of of your body and you get all the sensory inputs okay now here's the question i i know where you're going with this go ahead (laughs) would you be okay with being killed or shut down the original version because you're alive on the computer in the humanoid body you know but that, that there's some sort of resistance to that idea, obviously, because so I would feel I th- like I would be dying <laughs> by ter- definition. Ter- yeah, ter- terrified if you were, if you were, if it, 
Yeah, if you were the person who was in the body dying and mm-hmm. they copied your memories, your thoughts, your your brain signature, you know, how you think essentially mm-hmm. and put that into a computer. Now there's two versions of you. And if you were the copy that was still in the body, yes, I think you would have some questions about this and probably yeah. existential dread. So what is that? Like what? So that, that kind of so indicates that you're located need... in that brain, right? <laughs> or at least you think you are. Yeah. So the only way I can see this being what I was saying is like, if you were put into the computer and that's still you is if it's almost like uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain, mm-hmm. if there cannot be more than one copy of you, it's got to be a transfer. It can't be a copy. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is don't just copy. If, if you were, if you were able to take all the memories and all the thoughts and everything that d- the brain does copy that, and put it into a computer if both copies are still running then then it gets muddled but if you could transfer that mm-hmm. instead of copy it and leave essentially you know instead of just making a copy and transferring you to the computer so and then where you came from is no longer functioning right so here's an idea so i like that that's so basically you plug a sophisticated cable or you could do it wirelessly whatever so, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's the same thing in altered carbon. Mm-hmm. Well, so this the, the disc us, that's in there in the yeah the base of their spinal cord or whatever the fuck, um, that's the only copy of them. So, so I'm I'm looking at it this way. So they're that, simpl- that they're transfer, simplifying it there. That transfer yeah. idea, how would that, how would you make that happen? Here's a thought: like if you could somehow be in your I just own, would. in your own mind and choose to basically migrate yourself through that door to the other you know through that cable to the other brain and then inhabit that in some sort of way mm-hmm. as like a conscious choice but you know obviously we don't oh, have that sure. mechanism yes. we, yeah we don't have a mechanism yeah. to do that right now it'd just be like you just be copying the way we're working off works. assumptions here we're working off assumptions right. assume that we can sure. do that yeah but yeah that's like the that would be cool that's I don't know how that would work, but it's still it gets back to the idea of you're still a mind. And what is that? Is that just the configuration of your neurons? Um, and some people there's speculation because people, the, the people working in AI specifically kind of study this. What is consciousness? But how um, what you know, is it just the physical connections between the neurons is what is you? And it has to be something more than that, because otherwise you could just exactly copy it and somehow you would just transfer over automatically. But it's like we just illustrated, it's a copy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I don't I think if it's a copy. Now you're getting into clone cloning. Mm -hmm. And then then philosophically you can't decide where you are are you the old one or are you the new copy sure feels like i'm the original (laughs) and it would yeah i believe it would right and you could just as easily you know kill the first one and the second one would just be you to everybody else and nobody know the difference but you 
as the original would be dead. So it's like, in yeah, unless if there would be a way to connect the two entities to be able to work in concert and update yeah. simultaneously as both bodies receive the Dude. stimuli and learn. That's brilliant. Um, then, then I think that you would be able to argue that you are both. I as like one entity. Oh, dude, dude, I like that. So basically connecting the two with a cable, let's yeah, say. Yeah, it'd be like a and then yeah, it'd be like you a start hive to, mind. You start to try to control the other other body using that other brain. And slowly yeah. you could control both at the same time. And then at that point when yeah, you it'd control be, and yeah, feel it'd... both at the same time, you could just nix the first one and you've Yeah. successfully I mean, transferred. Think of it think of it like Typically, unless if you've lost one or you have a, a not a defect, but you know a, a birth melt, you know, born not how the human genome is supposed to be structured. Mm -hmm. You have two arms; you can move them independently. Right. I feel like it would be the same thing. Once you get used to this new configuration, you would be able to. Now you have two bodies, mm -hmm. or 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 two entities that you'd be able to control. As long as as long as they both update each other and have the same memories mm -hmm. not memories but you know have you know are yeah. aware of both both experiences um it, it's the same way you know now you're just you're you're taking a step back now you don't just have two arms and two legs now you have two bodies that yeah. well maybe not two bodies but now you have two entities that have control of what each has control of, you know, if you're in a computer, then that kind of sucks because you can't move. Well, no, but. think about it. Yeah, but think so. You don't actually now we can simplify. I love that. I had never that had never occurred to me. I love this idea. <laughs> so now what you would do is instead of having the two bodies and the two brains, you would just have a computer chip in your brain that could you could migrate yourself. You could close your eyes, basically, and use your imagination, except instead of your imagination, it would be inhabiting this computer chip which then could be connected to the internet could be connected to a simulation and this you could basically do the same thing except have it all be simulated on the the side that you're transferring into so you could simulate a body you could simulate a world mm. that you're inhabiting and that way you could train your brain to transfer into that computer chip and once that mm -hmm. transfer is complete and you can basically run both at the same time. It's almost like them. It's almost like the movie Avatar. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's ex that's exactly ex what exactly. It's. Yeah. It's like somebody thought except of this he, already. Yeah. Except he he bites the bullet and he severs the connection and fully mm -hmm. he can't go back. You know he he becomes the Avatar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he he gets put into like a stasis chamber and then somehow yeah, because he has because he has no use of his lights because he used to be a marine and was disabled from war or something. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, but I mean, that's a little hazy because I don't know. I don't know if that's hazy because he's basically running remotely running this avatar. Yeah. While he's sleeping on the other end. So it could yeah. almost be considered copying his brain, but it's pretty close to the idea. I'm, you know, I'm thinking you'd have to have like a proof, a proof that they're both functioning at the same time. I don't know why I think that, but. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it would be, yeah, you'd to be yeah, you'd have to create a you'd have to go through a logical proof to philosophically and logically make that connection, but I think it's there. Inherently it's there. Like 
just thinking through it, it's like, how is it not there? But yeah. that's the thing about logical proofs is you have to you have to run through a series of thought experiments and and if this then that statements to to logically that's why it's called a proof to prove it. So then we're back to the idea of, you know, what you're consciously are right now is just uh, some sort of sophisticated software program that's running in the brain, the computer of yeah. the brain. Yeah. Which I, I totally, I get that. It's just, it's just the, and that's where Elon's going with this Neuralink is you're basically able to use your consciousness more effectively. And, you know, you could be in a simulation, you could be accessing a bunch of information on the internet. We're so there, the, uh, we're there. There's, there's a movie out there that is just constantly coming to my, my mind as we're talking about this. It's called Transcendence with uh, Johnny Depp. Okay. Super good. Mm-hmm. Essentially, there's this guy, and it's it's Johnny Depp. He's this scientist, and he's moving ever closer to this technology that allow you to upload a person's mind and consciousness to a computer. So it's, I mean, I guess the the name Transcendence is multiple meanings in the movie as the the plot moves out. But he, uh, some some people in the population don't agree to this they think it's inhuman not in inhumane but it's not the human way and during one of his conventions where he's you know talking about and showcasing his technology to prospective buyers or just the the community at large these these i wouldn't say terrorists but these people who are against his research they shoot him with a bullet that has radiation in it ultimately Mm -hmm. ultimately guaranteeing that he's gonna die of poisoning um and as a his his research is pretty preliminary at this time and hasn't been tested as a last-ditch effort um his wife i think or girlfriend or significant other of whatever type and him make the decision to make him the first trial as his body is dying and now he essentially becomes this computer program that like can scour the internet and he he begins making these like stock trades, makes a bunch of money, makes a facility out in the middle of the desert, creates nano technology that can repair uh, environmental disaster and all this stuff. And everybody thinks that he's gone out of control and he is the singularity and that's not him. But there are certain points in the movie where, it makes you question like, well, it's gotta be him, Mm -hmm. but he's too smart for his own good. So he's, you know, it makes you question if he's still human. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks he's just trying to take over the world and that he's trying to destroy humanity. But after the end of the movie, uh, they show this scene where uh, you see like rainforests that are being repaired and all this shit. And it's like, Oh God damn, we just, it was him. We just fucked up. Yeah. I think I actually walked that, watched that at your house. Mm hmm. I think I shared it with you. It's a really good movie. I like it, it is. Yeah. yeah. Also, also, I don't want to get into the politics of this particular trial, but congratulations, John. <laughs> I was going to go there, but I didn't get a chance to say yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's still, there's still lasting effects of that. Cause I think Amber Heard is going to do an appeal and there's this whole PR campaign on her side where I don't know, just, just this morning or yesterday, I saw some article where 
Amber Heard was seen at like a a really cheap like clothing retailer, and then like you know the whole point of that is like, see, she is in financial ruin. Yeah, it's like come on, man. It's a she rough. told them she was gonna be there to take these pictures, right? Just as a yep propaganda <laughs> just image yeah exactly dude yeah. Oh, i'm still stuck on this whole idea of transferring though um there's got th- there can only be one copy yes yeah that is how like if there's only one copy of your how your mind works that is how you can guarantee that no matter what body or what entity or what system that you are in that is where you are mm-hmm. that is where your consciousness is that or like I said, if there's real time instantaneous update mm-hmm. between whatever two entities that you're inhabiting. Yeah, and that would be a subjective because if experience. They think, because if they think yes, exactly. If 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 they think independently of each other, even though they're the same, they're probably gonna have the same thoughts, but if they can't link up in in instantaneously update, then yes, you in your original body if you're copied and put into a computer, but it's just a copy, right? Like if you mm-hmm. if you're in your computer and you you click copy and then you paste a file into a different folder, now there's two copies. Yeah. If that's the case in terms of how they do this, um, I I think that's cruel. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're still you're still leaving a version of your, yourself to die. Mm-hmm. And actually, they do this in the the Prestige, right? Hugh Jackman figures out a way to no, is it the prestige? I feel like that's where he's got he clones himself. Yeah. And he no, kills the it's clones either, and every it's either the prestige or the illusionist. Yeah. I think it's because one is with Hugh Jackman and one is with Edward Norton. Yeah. But whatever one it is, if if you've seen both of these and you're as confused as I am, it's the one where they're they're both magicians in this, but it's the one where this guy seemingly drops himself into a tank of water and then they cover the water and like, you know, they put like a curtain over it. I don't know. The, the usual cloak and daggers yeah. type stuff, you know, the misdirection. And they, they wonder how he gets out. Cause they, they put him in this, they lock him up. They don't give anybody a key. And then they like lower the tank of water that he's in down below stage. And then he walks from like stage right or stage left and goes, ah, I escaped. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that he's just endlessly cloning himself and killing the clones. (laughs) Like that's essentially what this is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So yeah, you'd have to have like a, let's you're controlling both bodies at the same time. And then you sever that connection and basically like, Hey, the first one, like, are you actually over there? <laughs> and yeah. my guess is you'd say, no, I'm definitely not. And the other one would say, yeah, it's for sure me. But you'd be like, the first person would just be like, that's definitely not me. And, you know, because you're not actually getting that transference. You're basically just programming that other brain to think like you would, you know. Exactly, exactly. And if you if you think about this, it's essentially like, multiple universes uh-huh like if there's only one of you whatever decisions you make that's the path you're making but if you create a clone now essentially you're whether you know it or not there's two of you and they're able to make two different decisions along the same path the second that they make a different decision now there's a there's a fork yeah it's not there's the same a fork. person yeah, exactly. 
the second that if there's two copies of you that don't talk to, uh, to each other and update simultaneously mm-hmm. or instantaneously, the second they make a different decision, they're not the same person anymore. Yep, exactly. They've, they've, they've experienced a difference. So that brings us to how much of our consciousness is actually well, some sort of now, quantum now I want to ask you a question. Yeah, exactly. Now I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If that happens, let's say that I trans like somebody copies my mind, everything that I am into another body, and then there's two of me, but we can't we can't communicate with each other via like updating our minds, experiencing the same things, and we make different decisions. Have we just created life? No. My my gut on that is no. Have we created a different soul? Maybe. A different consciousness? Possibly. Mo- yes. That's what I mean. Yes. Because it's basically like having a kid. It's almost identical to having a child. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I see this as an abortion ad oh, on the I- side of the road, you know? like <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> Once we all become just, transhuman, we'll be like, wait a minute. <laughs> what are we right. doing here? Like, have we, we just created a different consciousness. Because that's what you're doing. Some... It just takes time, you know. Is that is that one soul or two souls? Is that one soul for two consciousness? Or is that it's two, entirely two souls separate. and two conscious? Yeah. When you make the clone, it's just, it's a facsimile Am I splitting my soul? You, but... Did I just create a horcrux like in Harry Potter? Right. So then it's like <laughs> infinity. Yeah, it's like splitting infinity and still have infinity, but. Just a different yeah, because then, because then, let's let's say that the body, the the copy I just made, when it's at the nearing its end and wants to do this as well, because it has the same existential dread, I would assume does the same thing. Now there's, well, damn it! Now there's three. We're just replicating having children. <laughs> We've yeah, already got yeah. this mechanism. <laughs> we're we're skipping, we're skipping pubescence and going straight to adulthood. Yeah, you know, and just making you know, we're arrogantly making copies of ourselves as opposed to letting evolution have a little bit of say in it so we're cutting evolution out is what we're doing so philosophically let's say that there was a template for a human consciousness let's say you know if if scientists were able to i'm not uh, you know like find find a template of general experience Mm -hmm. a, a neutral a neutral mind that doesn't have Yep. extreme kindness or maliciousness it's just a neutral run of the mill and you make a bunch of copies and then and then wherever you put them they start getting their own experiences and they become their own their own consciousness mm-hmm. but that's you know that's not 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 hive mind like but right. let's say we make 10 copies of like a general template neutral um human whether that's male or female and then yeah you make 10 copies without without like super specific personal experiences because this is just a template we're making a massive assumption here it's going to be very difficult to do but you're essentially making 10 people yeah but 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 you know no you're right you're right i bet there's a lot of women out there well okay i'm not gonna make this assumption (laughs) i'm a man but like i am assuming that the birthing process is pretty shitty yeah it seems like it from but what I've seen. Philosophically and ethically, this could be an option, but that would be so many people would, you know, it's that just does not seem natural. 
it is natural to, by definition <laughs> to just to be like talk talk to a doctor slash like engineer like software engineer yeah. or like neuroscientist be like how do you want how do you want your 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 you know if instead of like hey let's have a kid it's hey i think we should invest to create a human yeah <laughs> you know and and then you go and you talk to a neuroscientist who also is like a bio software engineer or whatever the fuck and say like i want you know my person to have this tendency turn towards kindness blah 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 blah, you know all these other things and then they just okay so do you want them like do you want them to live in your house for a while so do you want to start at like four years old or do you want to kick them out of the house right away you know like 18 years old you know boom all right experience life no i'm all right so we already kind of do this and you can do it and it's basically when you're doing idf or something like that you can create a whole bunch what's idf um IVF. 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 Yeah, IVF. Yeah, in, in vitro. In vitro. In vitro uh, so vitro fertilization, what you're yeah. doing is you're fertilizing a whole bunch of embryos and just leaving them basically at a one cell state. And then you check the DNA to make sure, that, you know, you could basically check the DNA and say, this one's got these attributes that I'm going for. And then you pick G- Genetically, that yes. Mm-hmm. But I mean mentally. Yes, yes. Consciously. If we could create a consciousness mm-hmm. template to be neutral. Yeah. And not go through the process of doing it the human way. You're just creating this thing on a computer from square one and you right. could infinitely tweak it. But that's assuming we know how the mind works, which we do not. And that's, that's where we are at this point is we still don't know how it works. Give him, give him the name of John Smith or Jane Smith. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. just a general. Yeah. Um, 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 Oh, where was it going with this? Oh, with the, the life thing you said now we've created life well that's the deal is we've created a synthetic life but we cannot currently and nobody knows how you would make so you take a bunch of sand you take all the constituents of yeah, what makes silica. up a cell yep well let's say you have the carbon you have the nitrogen you have all these um the lipids and elements the proteins mm-hmm. and the, yeah we can't put those together and we can we can make cells you can make a cell a perfect mm-hmm. copy of a living cell, but it is not. Yeah, I wasn't alive. joking. We're making a lot of assumptions, man. Yeah. Let's just say we can do this. <laughs> it's not alive. You can't just all of a sudden, it's like the Frankenstein's monster idea where you just jolt this body with electricity and all of a sudden it comes alive. It's like there's some sort of, some know. sort what of about, magic about, there. What about people in coma? Yeah, but they're already alive. I'm saying just taking something. No, I know. Something it's, that's, it's, yeah, you're just talking about repurposing right. living tissue or something. Right. Yes. 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 But yes. I'm just, I'm just looking at that whole idea. Of, well, not repurposing. Let, let's assume we could right. print a body. Right. But you know, it's like we can't. The only mechanism for making new living cells that we have is by cloning or copying or growing living cells. We have no mechanism for just creating them from scratch. So that kind of goes back. That was my whole blockchain idea well, of life. We also have no that, mechanism for copying a brain and putting it into a computer. Exactly. Because we don't know how the brain works, but potentially if we figured out in a granular level, how the brain worked and consciousness worked, we could just artificially make that on the computer and cut out the whole biological part and just have robots with, you know, artificial brains that acted human. But I feel like mm-hmm. we're cutting out that whole evolutionary process and, there's something to it. There's just something to it about how life has has perpetuated itself from square one. You know, it happened at some point where a bunch of inanimate 
materials came together and created and started the building yeah, blocks like, of life. Like, and we don't know it's how like that chaos happened. theory. Yeah. It's that it's whole out of a lot of chaos, just the right just the right atoms and molecules of just the right materials came together and then it goes, Oh shit, we're gonna do something here. Yep, yep. And that that process obviously a mystery to us because it happened supposedly somewhere around four billion years ago. And yeah, I only say I mean, supposedly stati- statistically <laughs> it was gonna happen. Maybe. I I think so. Out of, out of all the materials in the universe. It floating around, coming into contact with each other. Yeah. Eventually, just the right ones were going to mix. It's you know, it's like it's like rolling, it's like rolling Yahtzee, man. Eventually, it's going to happen. So there's some there's some arguments on that too. Is that not necessarily? And if you just look at it, like not necessarily on our planet or any one specific planet, but generally yeah. in the entire universe, if you take enough possibilities, it will happen. But that gets mm-hmm. to my theory of where I said supposedly four billion years is, is that um, there's a lot of people look at it and say there's no way life could have jump started from raw materials on Earth in that one billion years from when the Earth cooled down enough to when life or popped up. And they basically suggest that our fundamental single cell organisms or whatever that first life was, was seeded on Earth, whether intentionally or not intentionally, but the whole panspermia idea and that life may have developed somewhere in the universe at some spermia? period of time. Yeah. You mean, panspermia. The, you mean the, you mean the, Oh, I guess I'm not sure what that is, but there's the Fermi paradox. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. But you have the, the panspermia idea is that basically you take life and the it, universe it, had sex with our planet. I get it. Yep. Yep. It just <laughs> hitches a ride on an asteroid or a meteor and then lands. And it could have first evolved on Mars actually. And, uh, when Mars was habitable and hitched a ride over to Earth, and then obviously Mars dried out and died, but and then it just continued on here. But I don't know where I was going with that. It's just that it might be a lot more complicated than we think it is. Which, now I'm trying to Google the Fermi paradox. The Fermi, yeah, it's like basically the guy sits down. All... He was a Los Alamos researcher working on the bomb. He sits yeah. down at lunch and writes on a napkin all these different variables and says, well, if there's this many suns and there's this many planets and this many could be habitable, he basically says the universe should be teeming with life. And then he says, where, like, where are they? I think this is the Fermi. Fermi. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to read it from okay. Wikipedia. I just read but... it. I'm just kidding. Oh, did no, you? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Fermi Paradox is the conflict between the lack of clear, obvious evidence for extraterrestrial life and various high estimates for their existence. As of 2015, or as a 2015 article put it, if life is so easy, someone from somewhere must have come calling by now. Um, Italian-American physicist Enrico Fermi named its association, uh, named, what? name is associated with the paradox because of a casual conversation in the summer of 1950 with fellow physicists edward teller herbert york and emil Kanop- Kanopinski? Kanopinski? while walking to lunch the men discussed recent ufo reports and the possibility of faster than light travel the conversation moved on to other topics until during lunch fermi blurted out but where is everybody uh, there have been many attempts to explain the Fermi product, uh, paradox, 
primarily suggesting that intelligent extraterrestrial beings are extremely rare, uh, that the lifetime of such civilizations is short, or that they exist, but humans see no evidence. Yep. This suggests that at universe time and space scales, two intelligent civilizations would be unlikely ever to meet, even if many developed during the life of the universe. Yep. I mean, think about how long the Roman Empire lived. Think about exactly. how short... Yeah, think about think about uh, j- how long America mm-hmm. has been America, you know? Uh, what, the... It's the longest-running democracy 1400s, in the world. 1400s, 1500s. Yeah. What are we at? 400-year civilization. Well, and that's just, you know, one country, one... one yeah, mm-hmm. one government on the planet but so, think about all the all the other civilizations and governments and nation states and all that that have come and gone over the course of the life of the planet mm-hmm. uh, none of them are around long enough to create a space program yes, at, is what you need. exactly like as yeah as humans yeah sure we've been here for a while but we constantly create and destroy each other that we 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 haven't we haven't come together as a planetary species mm-hmm. in order to to do this. And that's why I, I now we're getting into like the world peace thing, but we just need to just who the fuck cares, man, just come together, create unity and work, work with each other. Stop, stop throwing each other under the bus. Who the fuck cares? Who the fuck voted for who, you know, mm-hmm. Some people like Trump. Some people hate Biden. Some people voted for Marjorie Taylor Greene or whatever the fuck her name <laughs> is. Just, just who the shit cares? Just come together. You know, love your Canadian brothers, your Mexican brothers, Spanish, Russians. I mean, that one's a little in contention right now, but <laughs> you know, just, 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 be just shut, kind. just shut the fuck up and get along with it each sounds other. Sounds a lot like everybody, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, like, no, in I like, my opinion, like the Jesus, the, like the, the tenants, Jesus the, yeah, interpretation the, of it. Yeah, the tenants, sure, but like in practice, like, no, not like modern I'm, Christianity. I'm talking about literally no, modern what Christianity said, is you know? like, yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I, I don't even know. I just seriously get the fuck over yourselves, <laughs> right? And and just be nice, like, <laughs> stop tailing people on the highway, stop shooting guns at each other. Just why can't we work together? Like, honestly, I'm embarrassed to be a human by what I see in the media. I'm (laughs) honestly this. You can tell I'm getting worked up, but like, let's just come together. Why can't we just be humans? Who the fuck cares if you're Canadian, American, Mexican, Lithuanian, Syrian, Korean, who nobody fucking cares. Just. I'm 100% on board with you, dude. 100%. It's just that question of how, and that's, you know, that's what's plagued us for forever. It's, but I think we're getting very close, very close to a global civilization. And I don't know. That's the, I think we are too. The problem is I don't know if, if we can do it with our baked in human nature. I don't know if it's possible because you can say, be, you know, be good and you can be good, but there's always an incentive for somebody to be an a-hole and somebody to take advantage of other people and there's no way yeah, to shut I mean, that down while also having freedom so it's a balance. categorizing categorizing organisms we're still animals oh 100 like, we're barely right. conscious and <laughs> yeah like just 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going with that, but you know, we're barely conscious, and we have to embrace the side of ourselves that is conscious and rational, and try to just realize when all that old, like old primate programming, is coming up and tricking us and telling us to do all these things that you're talking about. But we're very close, yeah. I think, and I think the once we can actually experience, like physically experience what other people are experiencing when we like with a neural link and interface, I think that'll really, really radically change how people view the world. Basically. I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's, that's what we really need. We need to become a, if the human species is going to survive in the long term and be one of those civilizations out there in the galaxy, we need to come together first as a, which I personally have always been opposed to, but a global, a global civilization but it's inevitable. Yeah. It's inevitable. And I'm, I'm we just hoping have to do it the right way. We're, well, we're we've kind of already tried to do that. Mm-hmm. Like we're start not starting, but like NATO, right? What does that stand for? National uh, North uh, Atlantic Treaty Organization. North Atlantic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, it's kind of there. Yeah, I'm just no that. Just, that's a good point. There's like there's like a there's like a bar to entry. So there's this, uh, especially if you're at war with somebody. Yeah, exactly. But Michio Kaku, basically, I was listening to that. I told you about that podcast. He was on whomever's show. Joe Rogan. You know, the king. Um, yeah, the bear in the room. The, yeah. <laughs> but they talked about this um, as far as, uh, shoot, I was losing, I'm losing my train of thought because it's 101 it, he, degrees he, out here. He, yeah, he changed his opinion on alien life. Aliens, but also he talks about uh, type 1 civilizations, type 2 and type 3, and basically, oh, that was it, how we're, uh, the type 1 civilization on like a Kardashev scale or something like that, it's basically a civilization that inhabits the entire globe, has a global government, and can harness all of the energy that a planet can produce, and by they're doing estimates and they're basically like we're a 0.7 out of one on that scale. But yeah. he's saying we're seeing technologies come out that are type one technologies, which would be the internet, for example. Like mm-hmm. it it is the backbone communication of the type one uh society that we're or civilization that we are becoming quickly. So you're starting to see stuff like that when you say NATO and uh unfortunately the EU, which I have some severe problems with, and I think that's the downside too, is I think that Fermi, when he said, where is everybody? They, then people have postulated this idea of like a great filter. So there's some, there's filters at our stages of development as first multicellular life, um, as a species, and then as like a civilization. And there's these filters that these aliens, uh, civilizations must have encountered that stopped their progress and they eliminated themselves somehow, whether that be a virus or my greatest fear is a one world government, but a very evil one world government. (laughs) Yeah. An authoritarian one. And that could very well be a great filter. It's like a necessary step, but in the process it goes wrong and we end up being in just a global dictatorship with no rights, you know, as slaves basically. Like that's a distinct yeah. possibility. So I don't know. That's all I got on that. No, no. Uh, Kardashev. Kardashev. Yep. 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 Typically one, two, and three civilizations. There are other categories, four and five, but those are 
considered beyond. Yeah. Yeah, because so type one civilization definition is a civilization that can use and store all energy available on its planet. So for us, Earth, this is called a planetary civilization. So you said we're at a point seven. We still have a lot of nation states that don't work together. Mm -hmm. Um, Once we all come together and we're able to distribute and use or store energy across the planet uniformly, then we would be a type one. Uh, Type two is can use and store all energy at the scale of its planetary system. So that's like us. It's it's, uh, considered a stellar civilization. Mm -hmm. So it would be within our solar system. You know, we we're we're, it's kind of weird because we're making progress towards a type two, but we haven't even become a type one yet. Right. Necessarily. We're close to type one, but. We're already making strives for type two. So, well, the an example of that would be a type two would be like Star Trek. It would be a perfect. That's what Michio Kaku his example was. Is basically they can they they remain the in their the solar sun. system. I thought they were in a galaxy. They were, but their technology their technology is of type two. Um, I mean, you can travel okay. outside of it. It's just the the amount of the the cartridge of scale is how much energy you can harness as a civilization Mm -hmm. and star trek can harness the power of a sun they can manipulate a star collapse it use its energy and whatnot well and i i see type two is like inhabiting the other planets of our solar system mining mining the asteroid belts it's uh essentially like um the expanse yeah that's that's like well on its that would way. be a type two yeah uh type three is can control energy at the scale of its entire host galaxy so that would be if we can travel to and from other locations of our galaxy um you know the milky way um that seems very difficult that would be like uh star wars is the example he used is a galactic civilization yeah 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 and you could harness um, the then, power of a black hole. At the time of the invention of the Kardashev scale, it didn't be it didn't go beyond type three because Kardashev believed no species would be able to achieve type four or five. So that's why there's a scale known as the beyond Kardashev scale, and those are type four and five civilizations. Type four and five would be uh, four would be can harness harness energy at the scale of its universe. Um so that's that's some quantum shit right there. Yeah, they'd be like inter- interdimensional species or something like that. Well, you're still you're still on one universe, so it wouldn't be inter. It would be intra yeah, intra dimensional. Right. But and then type five is can harness the energy within its universe and other universes. So that okay, would be yeah, that would be interdimensional. So being able like it. And that brings that brings some other f- philosophical stuff. You know, if you've ever seen the TV show Flash on uh, Netflix or any other sci-fi shows or movies where they they break into a different universe where there's other versions of them or you know whatever, and they're they're influencing the outcome of the future of a different universe for their own universe's game Dude. or dimensions. Yeah, but. I love this as stuff. far as yeah 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 i'd love to keep going but i am on the verge of passing out here it's 101 <laughs> i'm about to i'm losing it 
That's fine. We should definitely continue talking about this, though, on our next episode. Or maybe Star Wars. It's kind of related, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, our plan was that we were going to talk about Star Wars, and we didn't because we... <laughs> we keep putting it off. Well, we might as well wait for the finale and then just go go nuts on it. That comes out tomorrow. Yeah. It does, yeah. Do they have another season? I heard season? it's going to be long. Yeah, I hope so. They'd be stupid if they didn't have another season. Right, for sure. It's it's already had more views than the entirety of The Mandalorian. This is Disney's slash Star Wars biggest by view counts. As it should. Series. As it should. Yeah. We got a wrap though, or I'm going to be on the floor in a second. <laughs> yep. Nope. That's fine. This was awesome. Um, <laughs> I had fun. Yep. This is very engaging conversation. I love it. Dude, I love this kind of stuff. This is what we always used to talk about around the campfire late at night. <laughs> yep, exactly. It's bringing us back to the old days. Thank you for listening to this podcast if we talk about that. Um, just as a recap, we've talked about drones, 3D printing. We <laughs> heavily talked about consciousness and and what, that, what kind of implications that would have. We also talked about... Uh, uh, different civilization uh, categories. If you found this conversation engaging or and or entertaining and you want others around you to experience this, we encourage you to mention this podcast to your family and friends. Like or subscribe and leave a comment on our podcast site or whatever platform you listen on. Uh, as a reminder, we record weekly and post episodes every Tuesday. As always, have a good day and keep that curious mind fresh.